Okay, the story is told, famous story, that a Yid goes up to Shemayim after 120 years of being in this world and they start the judgment process, they start weighing the scales, mitzvahs on one end, Averis on the other end, starts, you know, evening it out, starting to look a little bit interesting. He starts to get a little bit worried, he's sweating a little bit. And all of a sudden, a huge bus, a double-decker English London bus, comes past and is unloaded with people learning, people doing chesed, children, all, a whole army of people that he's never seen in his life. And they rest themselves on the side of mitzvahs and Torah and chesed and everything else. And all of a sudden the scales go whoosh! And he looks at these people and says, I, I don't know who these people are. I've never seen these people in my life. Uh, what are these people doing on my mitzvah side? I don't know who these people are. I never learned that Torah. I never did that mitzvah. I don't know what's going on. Can someone explain what's going on? So they told him basically, many years ago, you were at the Kaisal Amaravi and you were davening. Uh, simple davening at the Kaisal Amaravi, whether it's Shachmas, Minchamar, whatever it was. And you were standing there davening, but you weren't just davening, you were actually talking to Hashem. Like you were having a conversation, you really felt like you meant it. And there was another Jew, youngish fellow, who filled by him, davening by him, wasn't exactly his, you know, strong point. And he sees this Jew, and his eyes are fixed upon you, and he's watching how you're just sitting there, and you're standing there, and you're davening, and you're feeling it, and you're meaning it, and you're talking to someone, and he says, wow, people have a conversation to Hashem, people have a connection to Hashem, this is unbelievable. And all of a sudden, he poured out his heart to Hashem. And that led to, you know, better davening, which led to better mitzvahs, which led to better Torah, and it led to the wife that he married, and the children that he brought up, and the home that he created, and the grandchildren, and these are the offspring. All the mitzvahs that that person did, was because of you. A simple act. You didn't even know what you were doing. You were standing at the kaisal doing an innocent act of mincha. Little did you realize that that little act affected generations and generations to come. Now, by sight, we're coming up to vacation season, holiday season, whatever you call it. Wherever you're going to be going, whatever you're going to be doing, it's a time that people are generally not in the regular routine. You're not at work. You're not in Kolol, you're not in Yeshiva, you're not in your regular surroundings, right? Whether you're going away, whether you're staying at home, you're not in your regular schedule. So I want to prepare you guys a little bit with a certain Indian which I try to speak about every year to Machazik, which I believe needs a lot of Chizuk. And that is the Indian of Chil Hashem. We're around Goyim, we're around Yidin. Little do we realize the actions that we perform can have an effect on not only the people that are watching them, but generations and generations to come. In Parshas Emor, the Torah tells us as follows. The Torah says, Don't cause a Hashem. That means it's a double-edged sword. That means on one end, the Torah is saying, Don't cause a Chilol Hashem. But on the other hand, you're commanded to cause a Kiddush Hashem. Now that wouldn't mean in Poshet Pshat that your actions could be one of two things. Either what you're doing is going to be causing a Kiddush Hashem, or it's going to cause a Chil Hashem. Now we have to take note of this, you know, because once again, summer is the time, people are all over the place, people are doing different things, shopping in different places, going to different places. There are many, many examples that we could be subject to a Chil Hashem. 
a common example, right? Cutting in the line, right? A famous shayla, cutting the line. I'm not going into the halachic aspect. Is it mutter? Is it osa? Cutting the line. There are people who are watching you going to the airport. It happens. It happens. You know, you're standing in both lines. You know how it is. You know that guy. He's standing in basically two lines and he's seeing which one goes quicker. You know, and the one that goes quicker, all of, you know, everybody knows what I'm talking about. And you all of a sudden you go in the one that goes quicker and everybody's watching you and saying, ah... That Jew, look what they do. Now, you may say to yourself, well, I'm not exactly looking very Jewish because, you know, I've got my cap on and I've got my shorts and my sandals. I don't look like a Jew. Who am I? Little do we realize that we are looked upon as the chosen nation and we're the Jewish people. If you cause a Chil Hashem, the Ramban tells us in Parshas Emo that causing a Chil Hashem is one of the worst possible averus that you can commit. What's the proof to that? Because tshuva doesn't work. Tshuva works for every Aveira. Every Aveira in the world. You do it? Terrible. Do Tshuva. With Chal Hashem it doesn't work. You need also Tshuva. But the only thing that really has a Kapora is death. That's the only thing. That's the only thing that a person can have a Kapora from, from Chal Hashem is death. Misa itself. And therefore we're dealing with an Aveira that little do we realize is so severe. And we come across it so often. Right, we don't realize half the times what we're doing. We're doing something, you know, a big deal. We'll save it two minutes here, two minutes there. We're cutting the red line, go somewhere. We don't realize. They look at you, they see you a Jew. You're causing a chil Hashem. That's a terrible, terrible thing. The Reb Chaim Valoshin writes that the Loshin Chilul Hashem. I mean, first of all, what's the Loshin Kiddush Hashem? You know, we call Hashem Hashem. What is what, what, that's not really Hashem's name, Hashem. Hashem means the name. So what does Kiddush Hashem mean? Kiddush Hashem means to sanctify Hashem's name. That's what we're trying to do. In fact, that's one of our main purposes in the world, is to sanctify Hashem's name. That's what we're put in this world to do, is to make a Kiddush Hashem to Says Reb Chaim Belozhen, Loshem Chil Hashem, what does that mean to make a Chil Hashem? No, we use this Loshem. Chil Hashem, Chil Hashem. What does it mean, Chil Hashem? So Bechayim Beloshin says, Chil Hashem comes Beloshin Chalal. Chalal means empty. Why is it such a bad Avera? Because when a person creates a Chil Hashem, he's making a void in the world as if there is no Rabbi Nishlana. A person is basically saying, I do whatever I want with no repercussion. That's not true. You're making a Chil Hashem. There's a Rabbi Nishlana in the world. And we have to realize wherever we go, whatever we do, we're going to be recognized. And our actions are going to be taken for that as well. So Gemara Chagiga, famous Gemara, the Gemara tells us that if a person doesn't have in private, you know, he doesn't want anyone to know about it. Nobody wants their Averis to be out in public, right? Nobody wants people to know about their Averis. You're doing it private because you think, okay, nobody knows, right? Says Chazal, you're pushing the Shechina from the world. You think you're doing it in private because you want everyone else to know. Well, there's a Rabbi Shalom, Shibisa Hashem and Eglitomen, right? The first seminar in Arachayim and Shulchan Aruch. There's a Rabbi Shalom in the world, who fills the entire world. If you think you're doing something privately, as the Gemara says in Hagik, you're taking the Shechina and shoving it away. That's pretty bad. That's pretty not to say, not, I'm not saying you should now do Averis in public, but I'm saying to understand the idea of what it means, Achil Hashem, is to say there is no Rabbi Shalom watching me. My actions don't mean anything. I can do whatever I want. Rabbi Sai, I take this into consideration. Chobetz Chaim brings down in the Sefer Mitzvah Zakotz. There's a Mitzvah Asayit Mekadish Shem Shemaim. A Mitzvah Asayit Mekadish Shem Shemaim. And the Mitzvah Lois say not to do anything that will cause the Chol Hashem. The Chobetz Chaim famously said that a Yid, when you put on your clothes in the morning, this is your uniform. And just like if you're wearing your uniform of a particular profession, you have to act that way. We put on our uniform, whatever that may look like. 
And that's our uniform as a yid. When you put on your couple, you have your payas, or whatever it is that gives you your distinguishing marks of being a yid, so then you have to act that way because you're the officer of the king, you're the officer of the rebellion. And for those people that say, well, listen, so, you know, so I won't wear a couple, you know, no, I don't have payas, I put on a white, I put on a blue check shirt and some shorts, and so nobody's going to know who I am. So I can't let the opportunity go past that. Mention the famous Misa that they, um, it's brought down by Rabbi Pesach Krohn, Kavaldika Meisa. So there was a Yid who was doing business in Germany. So he was doing business in Germany. He's in a hotel over there, you know, minding his own business, you know, trying not to cause any, you know, hullabaloo. He's not wearing, he's wearing a peak cap and he's wearing you know, a business suit, you know, not looking any particular different to anybody else. And he's minding his business in the lobby of the hotel. He's got his newspaper there. And he's minding his business. And all of a sudden, in the corner, there's a guy playing the piano. And all of a sudden, it goes to Havana Nagila, right? And you think, that's strange. I'm in a German hotel, middle of nowhere. There are no Jews over here. Nobody's Jewish in this hotel. Nobody knows that I'm Jewish. How can this be? So he puts down his newspaper. He looks, he gives a period. To look, what's, what's going on? And the pianist is looking at him and saying, Yo, I'm, I'm doing this one for you. He says, Me, how do you know I'm Jewish? <laughs> Come on. You'll never get away with it, Rabbi Sai. You'll never get away with it. Rabbi Sai, whatever you do, wherever you go, you have to realize your actions mean something and can have major repercussions on both sides. On the Chil Hashem side, but also on the Kiddush Hashem side, you have the opportunity, okay? Most of you guys are going out, wherever you're going to be going, whatever you're going to be doing, you have a huge opportunity to make a major Kiddush Hashem. That means whatever you do is looked upon as an example of a Yid, realize it. Now, what's the classic Kiddush Hashem? Real Kiddush Hashem, I mean, real Kiddush Hashem means to die out Kiddush Hashem. We're not talking about that Madriga. Let's talk about our simple Madriga. Our Madriga of a Kiddush Hashem is, I'll take a simple example, putting on tefillin in the morning. Does anybody wake up with like a taiva? I have to put on tefillin. Like I, I, I just need to. Like my, my, I need to put on tefillin. You know, you have that, that steak is calling out. You know, you see it advertised in the advertisements, you know, the steak with the smoke coming out from it. You know how it goes with the garlic next to it and all the spices and these things. You're like, oh, wow, I need that steak. You know, that Diet Coke, they do it in a way that, you know, like the water's like coming down, it's freezing cold. You're like, I need a Coke. You know what I mean? You, know, you, have, that, you have that taiva. Anybody woke up in the morning, I don't know, maybe I'll speak it to myself. Anybody woke up in the morning and like, I need to put on tefillin? That's not what I'm talking about, right? I don't think so. Most people don't wake up with a taiva. So why do you put on tefillin? Because the Baruch said so. It's not something that we do because we understand it or because we really want to do it. We do it because in the midst of Hashem, Hashem told us, we do it. What if a guy comes over to you, you walk on the street, and he says, do me a favor, I'm making, you know, I'm making Shabbos, I have not a penny to my, I don't have a challah, I don't have a grape juice, I don't have, I have nothing to eat, I've got four children at home, have you got any change for me? And you look in your pocket and you have ten shekel, you give him ten shekel. Why do you do that? Because you feel bad for the guy. You feel bad for the guy, the guy's making Shabbos, you've got a full Shabbos, you've got a whole menu going on, this guy hasn't got a penny. Which is a Kiddush Hashem putting on the tzim? Because it's something that we don't understand and we do it anyway. That's Mekadi Shem Shamayim. That's a level of Kiddush Hashem. Now there's obviously different madrigas. For example, the Gemara tells us in Yuma that Rava, if he walked into a butcher shop and wouldn't pay immediately and buy on credit, that was for him a Chil Hashem. Right? So obviously there's madrigas and there's levels of Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem to each person. But we do have to realize that the going really take this in, right? I'll give you, two, I'll give you a Maisa for example. There was a Maisa, there was a rabbi here in Eretz Yisrael that was making a Hasna in no money. So someone has told him, listen, you've got a lot of family and relatives and you've got a lot of Talmudim, a lot of students in uh, America. Go to America. Go collect for the Hasna over there. You've got some students. I'm sure someone will help you out. So he says, you know what? That's a great idea. Books a flight and off he goes. He's driving at one point towards the end of the trip down the East Coast. And he's driving down over there. 
and he's speeding, he has to get to an appointment, and the cops, the police, stop him. They say to him, excuse me, sir, can you see your license, your insurance, or whatever. So he takes out all his papers and whatever. And they say, listen, we can't send you a fine because you were speeding, but we can't send you to Israel. You're not going to come back and pay it. So you're going to have to come right now to court, one of these county, local, local courts, and you'll come to court over there. And you'll have to pay. So he said, well, what choice do I have? So he had to go. So he went there, and the judge paskened $175 fine. Okay, what's he meant to do? He pulls out an envelope, and there's cash like this. Right, you go to my over $10,000 of cash that he's been collecting for the last couple of weeks being in America for his daughter's customer. Now, this place where he was driving, I don't know exactly, somewhere on, in LA, and I don't know exactly all the situations, is known to be a place where people go and you know, do sorts, all sorts of exchanges for you know, various substances, whatever they may be. It was, a main, main, it was like a known for that, it was a place. So they said, excuse me, where'd you come from? I come from Israel. I'm like, oh really? Oh, where'd you get all that money from? He said, no, I collected this money. Right, you collected this money, right. Who, who did you collect this from? So no, I, I actually don't know who they are. My daughter's getting married. And because they're getting ma- she's getting married, so I came here to collect money. The judge is like, oh really? You're telling me. You're from Israel. You came to America, to people that you don't even know. And they're giving you money, and this is the money. You must be joking. It's like 100%. They started making phone calls and whatever, and eventually he was credited. And the judge says, how does that work? He said, because that's how Jews are. Jews are people that give naturally. They're like Kiddush Hashem, a famous Misa. A guy's driving past the, on, the, on the motorway, on the highway. And he sees a guy with a yarmulke stop there with his bonnet, with his hood up, right? So he thinks, oh, I've got to help him. So he stops. And as he's getting closer and closer, he realizes, hey, this guy's not a Yid. He's, no, he's like Italian. This guy's not a Yid. He's a guy. So he stops the guy and says, excuse me, what are you wearing on your head? You're not Jewish. He said, no, 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 I have no idea what this is. But my mother told me that if I wear one of these when I'm stuck, I'm guaranteeing you someone's going to stop. 100%. Right? They know it. The goyim know. We have the opportunity, wherever we're going, whatever we're doing, to create a huge Kiddush Hashem. A tremendous Kiddush Hashem. And it's something we have to realize. There was a man in Siberia. It was an older man. And after being there for many, many years, they called him in and they said, excuse me, sir, you know, you've been here for years, you're an old man, it's probably not very healthy for you to be anymore, you can go home, just sign these papers. He says, I'm very, very sorry, but it's Shabbos Kodesh, on Shabbos I don't sign papers. So he told me, crazy? We're giving you an opportunity to get out of Siberia, go and sign the papers and get out of here. He said, I can't do it, it's Shabbos. So all of a sudden his friend heard him, he was nearby, he said, I'll sign the papers. The guy's like, what are you talking about? He's not going to sign the papers for himself, but you're going to sign it for him? He has to go. I'll sign it. But boy, said, we have an opportunity on both sides of the coin to create a tremendous Kiddush Hashem, but also to realize we can create a tremendous Chil Hashem as well. And a group of Bachrim came over to uh, David Salavechik and they asked him, how did you get Yerushalayim? A tremendous Yerushalayim. How did you get it? How are you Zoycha to such an unbelievable degree of Yerushalayim? So if David answered this, I'll tell you, when I was a young boy, I was by the Zayda, the grandfather, Reb Chaim Brisk. And one day I saw him coming out of the bathroom and he said, he said, I never saw an Ashayotza like that in my life. And it made such an impression on me and that's what gave me any Yerushalayim that I possibly would saw. Rabbi said, we have no idea. We don't realize. We're going places, we're doing things, we're going to be driving, we're going to be walking, amusement parks, you know, all, you know, shopping centers, we're going cutting on lines, all sorts of things, right? And all, you know, everyone makes all the shticks, you know, is the child three, are they not three, are they yes three, do you have to pay for the amusement park? You think they don't realize that you're Jewish? Whatever you do, 
wherever you go, as the Chavetz Chaim said, you're the officer of the king. You're the officer of the Rabbeinu Shalom. You have the chance on one side of the coin to make a tremendous Kiddush Hashem and let them see how Yidin act. On the other side of the coin, you can make a tremendous Chil Hashem as well. And as we said from the Ramban, Chil Hashem is one of the worst Averis because the only, re- only thing that a person can kapara is really by dying. Rabbi, so let's take this to heart. Wherever we go, whatever we do, whichever vacation we go on, whatever car we drive, wherever we're going to be going, take this into anticipation, realize it. We have an opportunity in our hands to create a Kiddush Hashem. Everybody should have a wonderful, wonderful Hatzimacha and a wonderful night. Kultuf.